Today's show is sponsored by our good friends over at Tortuga Backpacks, the same pack that I've been using for the last two years to travel all over the world, including our current trip through the United States. And the reason that I love my Tortuga Backpack so much, it is the largest legal carry-on size out there. So you can still fit a lot of stuff in it, but you don't have to pay those pesky checked bag fees. If you want to check out all the Tortuga Backpacks offerings, head to tortugabackpacks.com. And if you do make a purchase, don't forget to use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, and get 10% off your entire order. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 158. In 1950, Diners Club launched the very first credit card, which was accepted at only 14 restaurants and carried a hefty $3 annual fee. $3. Ah, the good old days. One, two, three. I'll show you Paris in the morning. Hello, travel nerds. I'm Travis Sherry, host of the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast. Hey there, it's Jason with the Zero to Travel podcast. And today, for the first time, we are recording and releasing a joint episode. So a lot of my listeners, the EPOP listeners, know, Jason, that you've come on our podcast quite often and had some amazing episodes. Yeah, and vice versa. I've had you on in uh, some of the most downloaded episodes, and it's just so much fun. It's really cool. We're sitting in the same room together. We get to record together. Anytime we hang out and work and travel together, we, we do some recording and bring it to you. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting format. And so what we're going to do today, guys, if you do listen to both podcasts, it will be the same episode released on the same day. So we're sorry for that. We do have a back catalog. If I have 160-some episodes, how many do you have? I don't know. It's got to be coming up to 100 now. But I mean, I think the reason why we're releasing this together is because there's going to be a ton of value in this episode. And it's going to be very actionable in terms of a travel hacking. So if you're somebody who is interested in getting free flights anywhere in the world <laughs> and sustaining that and getting actually many free flights, we're going to talk about a strategy today that will allow you to do that depending on your situation. And, and this is something... If you're, it, it, we'll get into it today, but if you're not in the, uh, I guess, the space to do it right now, it's still good to have in your back pocket to utilize later. Yeah. And I get asked these questions that we're going to talk about on the podcast day all the time. I know you do too. And so what we'll be doing is we're going to be breaking down what an Apo-Rama is, kind of the general overview and some of the concerns and questions that people have. Jason will be feeding me some of the questions he has because we're recording this because Jason then will actually go through and on the air, we'll discuss exactly which cards he's going to get, and he's going to do an apparama. So in the beginning, we're going to be talking kind of general knowledge, answering all the questions that people have. And then towards the back end of the show, we're going to be looking at your specific situation, and I'll be making suggestions on what credit cards to get and why you should get which ones, and kind of the best frequent fire miles overall. Yeah, and Travis is the man when it comes to travel hacking, when I have questions that are... I, I'm just not sure about. I always hit him up, and I know he's got a pool of other people hitting him up on some of these questions. And man, I'm ready to go next level and utilize what Travis has dubbed the app o rama Well, before you break that down, let's set the scene here. Yeah, we're, like we're know- in Breckenridge, Colorado, in this beautiful little office space. Well, we're, we're in a house, I should say that. We're yeah. in a four bedroom house. There's a beautiful office space that we're recording from. Uh, there's snow on the ground, but the sun is out shining. We can actually, through the window, see Breckenridge Mountain. Mm-hmm. There's a great dog here that we're taking care of, and we're doing this all for free. Yeah, it's uh, house-sitting. We're, we're assisting with a house-sit with our friends Nat and Jody. we got to give them a shout-out at housesittingworld.com because they're house-sitting right around the corner. So we've all been getting together and basically 
you know, taking care of, of this gentleman's awesome dog, Patch, and hanging out in between working, hitting the hot tub. We went to a beer festival on we saw Saturday. We a Third Eye Blind concert on Saturday for free on the mountains. So don't, get, don't get me singing. Don't get me singing. We've been listening to them nonstop. People turn that off right away. <laughs> but it, and it is, we're going to be talking about flights a lot and, and credit cards and things like that on this episode. But there are so many other travel hacks. And people usually think travel hacking, they think frequent fire miles, hotel points, things like that. And that is, that's fine. That's part of it. But we have found that house sitting is an amazing way to stay in these beautiful places. I mean, we're in Breckenridge, one of the most expensive places to vacation in the US. Mm -hmm. We're in a house that there's no way we could afford. I mean, Mm -hmm. it has a sauna, a hot tub. You know, it's beautiful. It's right on top, like right next to the mountain, ski in, ski out. No way we could afford that, but yeah. we're here for free. Yeah, and Nat and Jody, um, again, props to them. I think you've had them on the podcast as well. I've had them on another episode that people have really enjoyed. I haven't, but they will be coming okay, on shortly. Yeah. So. Bring them on. Spoiler. They've been doing this for two years, and if you think about what you could do if you didn't have to pay rent for two years, you were traveling and living in people's houses all over, and there's pros and cons to house-sitting. Certainly, this isn't an episode about house-sitting, but we thought since we're here recording in person, you might be wondering... What are these guys doing? Like, where where are they? Where are they coming from? So we thought we'd we'd give you the background. And here. it is just a unique experience, and also because yeah. all of us like to travel for cheap, it's a really easy way to travel for cheap and have amazing experiences and see amazing places and eat amazing snickerdoodle fudge. Although that wasn't is, free, but it is that wasn't the free, money but, we oh, save man. on accommodations. We could eat our weight in Snickerdoodle. Yeah, fudge. you know, you can totally put that towards uh, a fudge, a quarter pound of fudge, fudge allowance. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. Fudge allowance. Let's all get right. into this Aparama situation. First of all, I need you to explain what this is because I'm thinking appetizers. I, I hear Aparama. I'm thinking, did you come up with this term at a restaurant somewhere? Well, are you ordering some, some small plates? Or? There are some awesome happy hours here in Breckenridge, but an Aparama actually is when you fill out multiple credit card applications all at the same time, so all in the same day. For example, and and multiple can be two. It could be, I once knew a guy who did like 16 in one day. (laughs) Definitely not suggested, but an Aparama just means you're filling out multiple credit card applications on the same day of different types of credit cards. So you might be getting one Chase Sapphire preferred card and one City American Airlines card or something like that. Yeah, and before your eyes glaze over as you're thinking, oh, they're going to talk about filling out credit card applications. <laughs> like, where's the PowerPoint presentation? I'm just about to zone out here. And I was just getting into this podcast and now I'm just going to tune out. Wait, because although it's very unsexy to imagine sitting down and filling out a bunch of credit card applications. Jason, I actually love fun. it when I do apparamas. It's some of my favorite <laughs> days ma- of the year. Do you make it a party? I, I Maybe really this is a good strategy. get excited when I have apparamas come okay. up because A, you get that you get that energy and that surge of it's excitement when you hit it and you're waiting to get approved and little thing spins and said, please wait a moment as we process your application. And B, it's a means to an end. I mean, the, the point is you're doing this because you're going to be getting credit card points and frequent flyer miles so that you can travel all over the world. So it's it's kind of fun in its own right for really big nerds like me. But it also, you know, again, it's not actually fun to sit down and do the application. It's the end result that's really exciting result, is right. that you're going to get all these miles. Now you've, you've accrued... Once you started doing this, you've recruited over a million miles at this point, right? Yeah, More, well over probably. a million miles. I would say roughly around two and a half to three million miles in the last three or four years. Yeah. So let's get into this because it, it does sound very dangerous. The first thing I think I think a lot of people think uh, in terms of, I mean, I, I know a bit about it, so maybe I'm, I, I kind of want to just take the outsider perspective. It's a little bit of a worry. Like, okay, what do you mean? I'm just going to fill out a bunch of credit card applications. This is going to like ruin my credit. I'm never going to be able to get a house. Why would I get 16 credit cards? How am I going to keep track of that? There's like so 8 how many, million which things. questions do you want me to I mean, to there's a that? million things I can think of right off the bat. So, I mean, I think we should go with the top worries, which are, you know, debt and like using your credit card responsibly and then making sure that doing one of these, yeah, you're going to get frequent flyer miles and get free flights, but you... I guess we need to alleviate that concern that this is going to like totally crush you in terms of your finances. Right. So let's start. The biggest worry is, you know, is this going to kill my credit score? And so we'll start with the kind of overall blanket statement of if you have not paid off your credit cards, if you're carrying credit card debt, if you're doing any of that, 
you should not be opening new credit cards. These type of strategies, whether it's opening one credit card to get miles or multiple credit cards to get miles and hotel points and things like that, this whole travel hacking thing is only for people who have been responsible with their credit. So you can check your credit score for free, creditkarma.com, creditsesame.com. If you're over 700, you're generally good to go to getting these credit cards. So if you're responsible with these credit cards, this is a the chance for you to take advantage of being responsible for having paid yourself up. It's in essence a reward for for being responsible. So that's the first thing that people have to get straight is if you aren't haven't paid it off or you're working to build your credit back up or anything like that, you know, give it time, make sure you're paying everything off, do that. The other issue then, as you mentioned, is will this hurt my credit score? And so the more credit cards you get, overall your score will generally go up. So I've been doing this now for three years. I have gotten probably 50 credit cards total in those three years and my score has gone up. And you know, we don't have to get talk about mind numbing the whole credit score factors and all that stuff. <laughs> right. Basically you have to understand that if you are paying off all your credit cards, you aren't carrying debt, the more you have, your score will either stay the same or go up because you're more trustworthy, because you've now paid off instead of one account, you've paid off five or ten or fifteen mm-hmm. or what have you. Okay. Now let's take that just broad perspective and if you're gonna average this out. How safely can somebody utilize this strategy? Like how many times a year and roughly how many cards per time? Yeah. So, and again, let's start with a blanket statement of if you haven't started getting credit cards and you're just listening to this or you've just dipped your toe in it and you're learning about you know, the different travel rewards and things like that, don't start this right away. So when I started, I got one credit card and that's what I always tell people, get, get one, figure out, like, like get the points, pay it off, figure out how to use the points, all that stuff. And then, you know, maybe get one more and do that. And then, you know, you can kind of get into it. So if you are someone who's been doing it a little bit and you're interested in getting more points, you understand it, you've been paying it off. Generally, what you can do is you can do one of these apparamas once every three to four months. You want to wait at least 90 days because if you do, then it gives you a better chance of getting approved for the credit cards. Because after 90 days, the credit companies don't kind of look at it and say, oh man, why is he trying to get so many at one point? It kind of, it's a long enough time. When you're doing it, I would suggest, again, if you're going to do it, starting with two or three, maybe four cards, if if you've done some of this before. Even I don't ever really get more than four or five cards at once. Like I said, there's people who will go crazy and get 16 or try to get 16. Mm That's not really my style. I don't really see any purpose to it. It's a lot to track. It's a lot to track. You have to make the minimum spends on all these cards. So if you're getting cards with a bunch of minimum spends, you know, even four of them, if all four of them have a two thousand or three thousand dollar spend limit, you're looking at twelve thousand dollars or eight to twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, which sounds insane. And of course there's there's of course it's hacking. There's ways around this. But if you're just hearing this for the first time, the minimum spend is essentially the Whatever the agreement is, anytime you sign up for anything, especially credit cards, you're basically making an agreement with the company and they're going to give you these big miles bonus and all these points if you fulfill the requirements. And those are different for each card. Right. Generally, nowadays, they've gone up. You're looking at $3,000 in three months you have to spend on that card in order to get the requirements. Which now, so now probably bells are going off like, oh my God, like I couldn't do that. That's insane. But of course, there's ways around this where... You're not really spending any extra money, right? Yeah, there are ways around it. We're not going to get too deep into that yeah. and during this podcast, but know that, again, this general blanket statement, we made a few of these, don't spend money on credit cards that you wouldn't normally spend. So it's not like, oh, I need to spend 3000 in three months. Cool, I'm going to go buy a new TV and a couch, and I'm going to go get a new puppy and all this stuff. You should be spending it the same as if you were spending cash or debit card or whatever. Use it for gas, groceries. Don't go over it. If you can't spend 3000 in three months, then don't get the card. Yeah. And which is why you really got to be careful with this strategy. And yeah, I'm somebody who, you know, I think I have five or six cards right now. And that's why I'm looking at kind of reaccumulating a bunch of points because I know a bunch of traveling is coming up soon. And that's why I'm interested in doing the Apparama, which is why we're recording this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. So, Jace, what are your thoughts then on why you should get them all in one day? So, this Apparama is multiple cards on one day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it to you. I'm going to test you a little bit okay. here. Why, why should someone get 
these cards on the same day. Why wouldn't they just get one today and then one next week and one in two weeks? Yeah, and I mean a lot uh, a lot of these strategies I learned from you, Travis. You have your frequent flyer boot camp, which I encourage people to check out. You know, you got a ton of info on extra pack of peanuts where you kind of go, you know, if you're somebody who does travel hacking or is interested in doing it and you want to kind of go to the next level, there's a lot of information there that you can you can you can learn. And uh, I mean the reason why you do it all at the same time is because all of the cards are going to pull the credit reports on the same day. So it will prevent you from, I guess, being declined by a card. If you spread it out, if you say, hey, do one this week, one next week, one the following week, you have a better chance of the cards basically saying no because they're just like, hey, you just got a card. Like, I'm not going to give you one because you're going crazy over here. But if you do it all at once, you're kind of like gaming the system a little bit. Yeah, I'm smiling huge over here because it's... (laughs) I'm looking at my quote-unquote student who went through boot camp, what, two years ago, Mm. and I couldn't have given a better answer than that. (laughs) Nicely done, Jace. There is one extra reason, too, that just is kind of logical. It makes it easy to track your cards, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when in a year you decide if you want to keep it open or close it, if you're going to pay the annual fee or not, if you open four cards on the same day on April 13th or whatever... You could say, all right, now I'm going to look at all these and I'm going to go through, I'm going to cancel them or I'm going to keep these open or not. Whereas if you open them kind of yeah. haphazardly, it becomes much harder to track. Well, that's true. It's just easier to track because you can remember the day. Right. Um, so twofold reason there why to do it all in one day. And the reason why I'm thinking about doing one is because, again, a lot of travel is coming up and it seems like there's a lot of good deals right now as we're releasing this podcast. Now, these things can change. We just heard about the the deal with the Southwest card, which we can get into. And then obviously, if you're pairing up the same type of card with a business account and a personal, you can maximize your rewards there. So, I mean, we can... This, this is why we wanted to get into this because we want you listening to be able to just take this information in and tailor a strategy that'll work for you. To and we'll you, go, right. well, yeah, we'll go with a couple avatars later on in terms of like what you might be thinking in very right. general if you're strategies. This type of person, this might work well. But yeah, everyone's going to be different. Mm-hmm. But by giving you the general knowledge and giving you the general structure, you can take this and run with it. Of course, you can always email us. We actually add extra pack of peanuts to a credit card consultation. So if you just fill out the form on our website, then you know, we'll actually get back to you and say, here's the ones I suggest as as some guidance if you want that too. But yeah, it's always it's always changing. So you do gotta kinda keep up on it, but not not as much as you'd think. So this no, is I like, mean a lot of offers stick around. I mean there are I would say there's probably ten to twelve offers that are kind of always there lurking, mm-hmm. like good offers. And then like one might bump up here and go down a little bit here. But and then a new card will come in every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, it, it, there's generally the best 10 travel credit cards. Yeah, and just let's cut to the chase right here. If you're somebody listening right now and you have good credit, you pay your credit card off every month and, y- and you're not carrying, I always say this, if you're not carrying like a card that gives you some type of rewards or travel rewards and you're a traveler in your wallet and you already have a credit card, you need to get a new credit card. Like, And the one credit card we both recommend as your like what you call an everyday spend card, but a a card I use every day is the Chase Sapphire Preferred. It's just because it's got no foreign transaction fees. When you travel, you can use it everywhere. Chase points are the best points out there. Great great bonus, sign-up bonus. Easy transfers to other airlines like United. So, I mean, there's the Chase Sapphire Preferred. I mean, if you just want to... If you're just like, hey, I just want one card. I don't know what it is, and you're listening right now. That's always we, we would the love one. if you keep listening <laughs> so you can hear the rest, so you can keep those strategies in your back pocket, but get get that card. That's always the one I recommend first for people. Yeah. If, if they can meet the minimum spend right now, it's 4000 in three months. If you can meet that minimum spend, it is the best overall travel rewards card out there. Let's talk a little bit about the structure of structuring an Apparama because we said, all right, it's three or four or five, whatever. It's multiple cards on one day, but you can't just go and get any card that you want. Because there's going to be ways that if you do it, you're going to get hopefully approved for all of them. And there's going to be ways that if you do it, you're pretty certain to get denied some of them. Mm-hmm. And do you know this? Because I can, you did so well with the last one. <laughs> Let's, do yeah. you know, how, how would you structure an Apparama? Because you're going to be doing one later today. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at at the, the issuing banks, essentially. Because if it's part of the same, 
I don't want to call it chain of bank or whatever. You're, you're it's just the same bank, right? The same bank, but the same banks. One bank can offer multiple cards for multiple airlines and, and things like that. So, if you apply for four cards under the same bank, you're probably going to get declined just because they, they're going to keep pulling the credit report, and the same bank's going to be pulling, and it's going to raise some red flags in their right. system. And when we say bank, think of Chase. Chase. City. Wells Fargo, whatever. Yeah, the big ones in the travel world. Chase, City, American Express, Barclays. Those are like the four major ones. Mm-hmm. So as you're saying, Jace, exactly right. If you apply, a Chase usually has a lot of the better offers. They have a lot of good offers out there. So a lot of people might be listening and say, oh man, I want to get the Chase Sapphire Preferred like you guys just mentioned, but there's also like a Chase United card. Oh, and Chase is partnering with Hyatt. Oh, and Chase is partnering with Southwest. I'm going to get these four Chase cards. Uh, Yeah. Fail. Big fail. (laughs) If you apply for four, you would be lucky to get two. You'd probably get one and get denied from three of them. They won't let you do it because you're like, why am I going to give this person four credit cards at once? Now, that isn't to say you can't get them down the road. So, for example, I have maybe eight or nine chase cards, Mm -hmm. but I got them at different times, you know, at different points in time. So when you're doing an Apparama, standard rule of thumb, go for one from each bank Mm -hmm. unless... You're doing business and personal because I, when I got my Chase business card, I have two businesses, two LLCs, and I basically got both both businesses two cards. So I was able to get four, pretty much four cards all at once. Right. Yeah. If you're doing business and personal, well, actually, I spread I spread those out, so I misspoke. I got two at one point and then two at a later point. So I have five Chase cards. Yeah, and right and that's exactly how you can kind of uh, get extra. So. I, I usually tell people one from each bank unless it's a personal or business. So if there is a good Chase card that's a personal one, for example, the Chase Sapphire Preferred, we mentioned it, you can get that. And then if there is a, a business card that you like from Chase, so the Chase Inc. Plus, which is almost the same as the Chase Sapphire. It's my favorite business card. The Chase Sapphire is my favorite personal. You could apply for both of them on the same day mm-hmm. and you would generally get approved. You wouldn't get denied because you had applied for the other one. You might get denied for other reasons, but you generally will be able to get approved for one personal and one business from each bank. And if you're wondering why so many Chase cards, it's because all of those points can be aggregated because they're under the same accounts. I mean, they're separated on our online system, but you can utilize them together. Right. So the Chase Sapphire and the Chase Inc. Plus earn you Chase points. Right. Which they can, you can think of them, you're putting them all in the same pool. So you may have four Chase cards, but then you dump all the points in the same pool. Right. Unless, so if you have four cards, each with 25,000 points on them, you have 100,000 Chase points. Right. Unless they earn you, unless it's one that's tied directly to a airline or one that's tied to um, a hotel. So if it's a Chase Southwest card, that earns you Southwest points. Right. But if it's one of those Chase, I don't know what to call it, a bank rewards card that mm-hmm. earn you Chase points, yeah, they're all in the Which same is why way. I love the Chase cards, because the, the generic points that you can transfer and use in multiple ways, I, I personally have always liked the flexibility of that. Yeah, Chase is my favorite points as well. Okay, so I think, I, I feel like we've given a pretty comprehensive overview of what an Apparama is and the strategy of you know spreading it out across banks. Now the question becomes... You know which which ones do you get? That's right, and we should mention too. We we touched on this earlier, but the minimum spend. We said we we kind of referred to it when we were talking about one card. You have to spend three thousand in three months, or you don't get the points. One of the downsides to an apparama, or the harder parts of an apparama, is if you're getting four cards at once, four minimum. They're spends. all starting at the same time, right? So you have three months from when you get them. To, to actually hit that minimum spend. So if you get four at once, the clock is ticking on all four at the same time. In essence, instead of 3,000 in three months, if all four of them have 3,000 minimum spend, you're looking at 12,000 in three months. So always, Ouch. always, always add up how much they are so that you know total, oh man, I got to spend this much in this amount of months. And if you can't do it, then just start cutting them. And I usually just rank them as you know, I just put them in a list. This is definitely the one I want most all the way down to whatever, you know, the fourth or fifth best card. And if I can't make the minimum spend, okay, that fifth card doesn't, I don't it's get not, it. It's not time. worth it because you're, it you're not going to get the points. And the, just to tell a, uh, a story really quickly that, that crushed me, I made a huge mistake one time. We've all made mistakes in, in 
life and, and travel hacking. If you're listening, I'm, I don't in know if life. Travis has. I, maybe he's got a couple travel hacking horror stories. One in particular, I I applied for a card because I was overseas. I was I was living with my wife in Norway, and I think, okay, I'm going to get this card. And then when I get back, I'm just going to sign it. The clock will start, and then I'll make my minimum spend. And unfortunately, the clock starts the second you apply. So right, as soon as you're approved, right? As soon as you're approved. So I missed the minimum spend by, uh, like, I made the minimum spend, but I I missed the deadline by like a week or like a day or something really close. And I tried to call up and get them to give me the points anyway, and they didn't. So you know, you got to learn some hard lessons in life. Sometimes I'm still a little. Uh, it's still. It stings. It just still eats at me, but. Like I said, I mean, everybody makes mistakes sometimes, especially when you're traveling. We've actually talked about the more you travel, the more mistakes you, you, you kind of make, make sure. sometimes because you just feel like, okay, I'm just in the flow, whatever, I'll figure it out. And even um, for me, getting all these credit cards and doing this, even though I've been doing it for a while now and yeah. have a good handle on it, it's much harder when I'm traveling for a few reasons. One, it's harder to keep track of stuff. Two, you know, I have to get someone to send me the card from the US over to mm-hmm. wherever I am. Three... I don't spend as much when I'm traveling, at least not on credit cards, because there's some countries where you have to use cash, this mm-hmm. and that. So that is one thing to consider too. If you're going to be traveling, you know it's going to be a little harder. Maybe you don't do an apparama before. Maybe you only do two cards instead of four. It's just mm-hmm. even for me, it, it kind of weighs on me if I'm going to be taking a longer trip. Yeah, and I've learned a lot since then uh, about travel hacking with credit cards. And uh, the reason why I told that story is because again, we all make mistakes and that's okay, but don't make assumptions. You know, I, I made an assumption in my head that wasn't true. You really need to dial into what these credit card companies are offering and you really need to know the rules. They are simple, so don't feel like this is going to get too overwhelming, but right. you just need to know what your minimum spend is, how to make, how you're going to make it, your plan of attack, and you have a little bit of thought behind it. Don't just shoot from the hip. I definitely, before I do Apparamas, part of the fun of it for me is you know, the day or two before, I kind of have an idea of some of the cards out there. But even if I do some digging, like last Apparama I did, I did some digging. I found out that I could get a second version of this U.S. bank card, uh, Club Carlson, which is a hotel chain. I didn't know. I just didn't know it existed. And I wasn't paying attention. And I, before it, you know, a couple of days before, I'm like, oh, which card should I go? And I started doing some research. I found this one and I ended up getting it. So that's kind of the fun of it too is is planning it out mm-hmm. and then you know going for it so let's let's assume that everyone listening is you know is ready to go for it or will be ready to go for it in the future so we're at an apparama and you have to decide what am i going to get like mm-hmm. which cards am i going to get which ones fit for me so why don't we jump into your specific situation because i think it's always cool to deal with real life examples we talked about generalities and how to choose which ones and how many to have and why you do it Mm -hmm. but let's talk about your specific situation because later tonight you're going to open up these cards and we're going to get you fine for free wherever the heck you want to go (laughs) yeah i'm excited to get some more free plane tickets i mean i've been just to give you one more suggestion before we get into this and how powerful this can be of one very simple strategy i've used which is the you know getting the chase points and transferring them to united I've booked two plane tickets to Norway to see my wife for a total of $84, I believe. And if I tallied it up, $85, something like that, because you have to pay taxes and fees. So that's easily a savings of, I mean, being generous, that's easily a savings of $2,000, probably more. So these are powerful strategies, although it sounds boring a little bit maybe to some people about filling out credit card applications and all this stuff. It can be fun and exciting, as Travis has alluded to, and, and everyone listening knows that some of the tra- some of the travel I've done as well. And I think it just we're sitting here in Colorado. I flew from Nashville, so I did a Philly to Nashville, Nashville to Denver. Then we're going to go Denver to Austin, and maybe Austin to San Diego. And each time we flew, me and Heather, we spent five dollars a piece. Yeah, and because that- we have this. I think we're, we're going to talk about companion pass. I think we're going to talk about that today because that's what one I'm in, very interested in getting. Uh, so let me just give you the breakdown of the cards I have because that's the first step. When yeah. you look to do an app around, you have to see which cards you already got, which seems simple. But if you've gotten quite a few, like I always <laughs> have to check my spreadsheet and be like, did I get that card? <laughs> so which cards do you have, Jace? Well, I have four chase cards. As I mentioned, I have two businesses. So uh, I have... Uh, cards for each of those businesses. And then I have the Chase Sapphire Preferred, which is my personal card. And I have an Amex Blue card. The reason why I have that is, well, I got it a long time ago because I had a corporate card for a company I was doing freelance work for way back in the day. And 
I wanted to, I didn't want to lose the points. So I was like, I basically, this is a good tip. If you're listening and you have, you're somebody that works for a company, you have a card, you know, ask them if you have a Amex or if they have a corporate account or you have an Amex card, be like, Hey, can I sign up for the rewards program? At, at the time it was like $75 as a fee or whatever, but you get to keep all of the points if you can convince your company to do that, which if you're on the corporate dollar, can add up really quick. I mean, yeah, the I, only time I ever want to work for someone else is to have a business account and rack yeah. up points. I mean, I think I'd spent like $100,000 in like six months or something crazy, which I cashed in for like two free flights to Hawaii and two inner island flights at the time. This is in early 2000, you know? But anyway, when I left... Old uh, man. I know, I've been travel hacking for a while, man. This is getting old, but... uh. Yeah, so I mean, what I wanted, I didn't want to lose the point, so I, I called up American Express, which is another quick tip is ne- it never hurts to call and talk to somebody if, if you need to get something done. We can talk about that later. But I wanted them to transfer the points remaining on my corporate card because I was no longer working for the company because it was a freelance contract and put it on this Amex blue card because there was no annual fee and it was just like kind of like a holding ground, you know? So I'm, it's like basically my Amex blue card. I don't really use it that much. It's just a holding ground for my Amex points. All right. So you have an, you have an Amex blue. I used to have an Amex gold business, but I canceled it because I wanted to get the bonus. And then I canceled it because the, the annual fee, which is something you haven't talked about yet, it was outrageous. So I just canceled it before that. Right. And so you, you do want to look at all the cards you've had within the last five years. Because if you canceled one, if you got one and canceled it, a lot of times you can't get the bonus again. There's some expert tips and tricks where like you can sometimes get a second bonus but as a general rule of thumb again if you've had the card in the past you can't get the bonus again so you've had let's say an amex gold business an amex blue you have the chase sapphire preferred which is my favorite personal card and then you have the business cards and those are the chase Inc. plus cards i believe yeah i have the Chase Inc. plus all right so actually i have one for each i'm, I'm, look, I'm looking in my wallet now yeah, so, I have one for each. So, okay, so you have one, you have a chasing plus for each one of yep. your businesses. Yeah. So if we look at your situation, what I always do- so I, have three, I have three chase cars. I'm sorry, I misspoke. W- yeah, what I always do in the beginning is I say to people, all right, check which cars you have. And then the, the two other big questions are, okay, or I guess three other big questions. How many cards do you want to open? Do you feel comfortable open? Sometimes people say as many as possible. Sometimes people say one or two. So let's. I'll just ask you the questions. How many do you feel comfortable opening? Well, I, I would probably say three to four. And that's knowing there's a manufactured spend uh, strategy. We don't have to talk about it now, but Trav has a great post on it. Uh, we don't know how long this is going to last. It involves... It's the Target uh, red card. Yeah. And we'll link it up in the show notes of both of our podcasts. Yeah. Um, it's gotten a ton of traffic from our, like to our site. Yeah. And it's really, really cool. And it but, basically allows you to spend 5000 a month on this Target card, but you're not really spending it. But regardless, right. yeah, if you're interested but, in that... But I, you know, we'll preface all that with saying like any of these types of travel hacking strategies which are more hacks than anything can go away at any time so i need i need to really think realistically and understand okay how much do i want to manage right Right. so and and three to four cards and it's not always the number of cards too so that's good to know i i probably should have asked you first and on our credit card consult form the number of cards at the bottom actually what what i should ask you first is how much do you spend or can you spend per month on a credit card uh, it's a tough question again because see, I I keep thinking, oh, I won't spend that much, but then, you know, these expenses catch up, and you, especially when you're running your own business, you don't really know when they're going to. I like to time these things usually, and one strategy I share and that you share as well is time these things with big spends that you have. I don't necessarily have any big spends coming up in the immediate future, at least in the next month or two that I know of, anyway. <laughs> so. It's man, it's really, really hard to say, and it's just I'm trying to process this in in real time, as you can hear. And the reason why is because I know I'm going to be using other strategies that don't involve me actually spending right. my money. So your money. natural spending, give us what your natural, normal spending might be per month. I mean, it, it definitely could end end up ranging between two thousand to to three or four or five thousand bucks depending All right, so on what's going on. So let's take the low end. Let's say two thousand a month. So you're looking at six thousand in three months, you know, of, of natural spending. Then the other question that we always ask people is I would actually even go lower than that because it's it just depends on what's going on in the business. Okay. 
So we'll say fifteen hundred. Yeah, fifteen hundred a month, and then the the last. I'm conservative. One. You can hear that. I mean, I mean, when it comes to, I'm not conservative when it comes to like being spontaneous and travel and like living life with passion, all that type of stuff. But when it comes to like managing my finances, and that's good. I'm conservative. It's better I don't, to err on that side a hundred times yeah. than err on the other side. I want to save money so I can travel. I don't want to blow it on. I don't. I'm not materialistic. I don't like to right. buy a lot of stuff. That is a nice shirt, though. Oh, thanks. So, fifteen hundred in one month. <laughs> then the other question we ask is like, where do you want to go? Because that does depend on the type of cards you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Quick aside or quick example: if you want to go just domestically in the U.S., I might recommend different cards. For we're going to get into this, I would recommend the Southwest cards because they're great for traveling domestically. But if you tell me, hey, I want to go to Europe. Well, I won't recommend the Southwest cards because Southwest doesn't fly there. So there's different cards that are better mm-hmm. for each thing. One of the reasons we love that Chase Sapphire Preferred we mentioned and the Chase Inc. Plus, the vis- business version, is because they transfer to United, which is great for international flights. They transfer to Southwest, mm-hmm. domestic. They transfer to like hotels if you ever need that. And you can use them as cash for like any travel expenses. So they're really versatile. So my question to you is, what? where are you looking to travel over the next... In the next couple trips. Yeah, and that's a great question. And I always have to have Europe on the radar just because my wife's Norwegian. So we're going to be going to Europe at some point, you know. So it's always good to have those points because we're flying back and forth between Europe and the States. And if she decides to stick around the States for a while, we're going to be doing some a lot of domestic traveling, a lot more than I've done in years, actually, since I've been off the road a little bit because I've been traveling overseas. I've been traveling internationally. And now I want to show her around the States. She's been to many places already, but there are many cities I'd like to take her to as well. So I'm looking at some uh, some domestic travel and then perhaps a trip or two to South America. And so my, so then I would go through, and I if I was doing this for, for someone with a credit card consultation or if you were doing this on your own, then you want to look at the available cards. And we're not going to list them all out here because that'd be really boring. <laughs> but this is what I would do with you then, Jace. I would say, all right, you really want to do domestic traveling. Now there's Chase Southwest cards, as we've alluded to. And these are amazing because the, the bonus bumps in between 50, 25,000 and 50 points all the, and 50,000 all the time. I don't know why it goes up and down. Sometimes they just want to push it harder different times, whatever. So if you get a personal version of the Southwest card and a business version of the Southwest card, you're looking at 50,000 for each version, right? And you can get it. Again, they're different cards because one's a personal and one's a business, even though they're both with Chase and they're both tied to Southwest. So if you got 50,000 points for each one of those, so if the bonus is at 50,000, you get 50,000 for each, that's 100,000 points. Not only is that a lot of Southwest points, that's uh, the equivalent to $1,600 or $1,500 worth of Southwest uh, tickets. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of Southwest travel. But the kicker, and we did talk about this a little bit, the Southwest Companion Pass. If you earn 110,000 Southwest points in one calendar year, and it's not supposed to count if you like get it through credit card time. It's supposed to be for people who use the credit card a ton or fly a lot with them. But right now, the credit card bonus counts. So you're looking at 100,000 already. If you get 10,000 more uh, Southwest points, you get a Companion Pass. And what that means is, for the rest of the year that you're in, so let's say you earned it tomorrow, you wouldn't, but let's say you earned it tomorrow, you would be able to have a companion fly for free with you anytime you get on a Southwest plane for this rest of this year and all of the next year. So in essence, for you, 2015 for six to seven months and then all of 2016. Yeah, which is absolutely... It's insane. And that's when you either use your Southwest points to book a ticket. So let's say you use some of those 110,000 points to book yourself on a flight. Your companion can go for free with you. Or if you run out of points or you just don't want to use points and you want to buy it out of pocket, let's say you spend $200 on a plane ticket from Denver to Philadelphia, your companion can come with you. So whether you buy the ticket- You're still cutting every ticket in half. Every time. If you're traveling. And and if you're using points, you're paying nothing anyway, but you're cutting the amount of points you need in half. If it costs 20,000 points for a flight- you're in essence paying ten grand each because you're both getting there. Right. What are the uh, what are the minimum spends on those cards? So the minimum spends on both of those are two thousand in three months. So you're looking at four thousand in three months that you would have to spend, which for you falls into that even your conservative estimate of fifteen hundred 
in a month, which mm-hmm. would give you forty five hundred. Well, three the big months. thing, the re- and the reason why I'm interested in doing this right now, actually, I'm I'm thinking about paying my taxes on the credit card, which I've done in the past before to meet a minimum spend because I have to pay my taxes anyway. I own my own business. Better ask for an extension then. We're buttoning up right against. Oh, it. Uh, there will be an extension. Believe me, there's always an extension. Um, so you know that's one of the one of the reasons why I'm looking at at utilizing this strategy. And we can talk about paying your taxes with credit cards a little bit. There are fees involved. There are. There are. Um, it's usually one point eight seven percent, which if you're trying to meet a minimum spend is worth it. If you're not trying to meet a minimum a minimum spend, it's You know, if you get chase points, I value them at being worth about two cents or two percent. So it's kind of a wash. If you if you're going to meet a minimum spend, pay it on your credit card. If you need it on, you know, make a minimum spend. If you're just getting points, it's not worth it. Yeah, you don't have to do it. Um, with those Southwest cards, so so now we're looking at that, and we would say, all right, I'm I'm going to say, is that a go? That's a go. You're giving that a go. All right, so you would try to get a personal and a business one. Now, if you're listening, people. And people, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but if you're listening, thank you. I won't be so rude next time. If you're listening, getting a business card, you don't need to have a huge business as either. Um, for example, my mother's been getting business cards. She does some field hockey and lacrosse coaching. She does camps in the summer, and she's a coach at her school. So anything you make that isn't a salary, you can get a business card. You have a chance at getting approved. We mm-hmm. don't have to get into all that right now, but I wrote a post about it. We'll link it up. It basically answers all your questions about getting a business card. So if you're interested and you think I don't have a business or how am I going to get that, read the read the uh, post and that'll kind of give you a little clear understanding. So those two are a go. All right. So now we're, we're pretty close to your minimum spend if you're being conservative. I mean, that would be 4000 in three months. So mm-hmm. what we could do is we could cut it right there. Mm-hmm. Or what I would normally like if if I was doing this for you and we are doing it, I would give you some other options and then you could decide whether you'd be able to make those minimum spends. Well, what, so, I'd, what I'd like next, I think that would be pretty sensible is to maybe loop in another card that has a very small or no minimum spend. And I know there's a couple good ones or there were a couple good ones out there. There used to be, yeah. The, is it, that gone? That's the sitting? problem is credit card companies have wisened up a little bit. So they're still going to give out bonuses, which is the good news. The bad news is they're going to make you work for it. So... There used to be a U.S. Airways card that was no minimum spend. You know, you made one purchase and you got your miles. That's gone because U.S. Airways is merged. So the the only ones really out there with very small minimum spends are hotel credit cards, which are fine. So, for example, um, you know, you could get a um, American Express Hilton card, and usually those are about a thousand dollars in every for every three months. Um, I mean, I've been looking at the, the Starwood Preferred because the of the transfers. The Starwood Preferred, that's actually a really good suggestion. So they're a little different because they are $5,000 minimum spend, but in six months. So they're always a good one to add into Apparamas because usually it's a three-month spending time. You can knock out your first couple could, and then... Right. You could be done the Southwest and then in essence, you have $5,000 to spend in the three remaining months which even at your conservative estimate, you'd be pretty close to doing that. That's a really good one. I would suggest either opening that, and again, there's a business and personal version of that. Those only get you 25,000 points, but they're really good to transfer to American Airlines. They tra- they have a bunch of transfer partners, or you can use them at Starwood Hotels, but they transfer for every 20,000 points you transfer, they give you a 5,000-point bonus. So if you transfer 20 of the 25 to American Airlines you would get 25,000 American Airlines miles for your 20,000 Starwood points. Mm-hmm. So those are great everyday cards as well. I would tell you to put that in if you were worried about the minimum spend. If you weren't, if you said, you know what, there's a few, there are going to be a few big purchases or I'm going to do well, some I, of this. I, yeah, go ahead. Some of this manufactured spend that you mentioned. The other ones I would look to throw in are the City American Airlines. That gives you 50,000 American Airlines miles in... Uh, for a minimum spend of 3000 in three months. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about American Airlines miles is they're they're decent for getting to Europe. They're good for going almost anywhere else. And if you're getting those chase points, chase transfers to United, which is a different alliance than American Airlines. So you're diversifying a little bit. Yeah. So let's and say you're, you want to go to Norway. You're protecting yourself. Yeah, you're protecting. You want to go to Norway and United doesn't have any availability. 
Okay, well, maybe American Airlines does. So it just gives you more options. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now, what if I want to add in some Chase cards? Am I overblown with Chase here? Because I've been thinking about getting the Ink Bold. Well, the Ink Bold no longer exists. Okay. So you might... The Ink Bold doesn't exist. You wouldn't be able to get that. The Ink Plus replaced it. Or Ink Plus, yeah. Okay, so you have the the old The other Ink, yeah. All right, you have these old Ink Bold ones. You could get the Ink Plus. The only thing is if you're getting a Chase Southwest Personal and a Chase Southwest business, right, then, I would not add any more Chase in. Okay. I would just say, because you already have a few with them anyway, I would wait for three, four, five, six months till the next time you want to get some cards, and then I would go for it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I think with those three cards, I actually would be... You'd be set. I, I, I feel like, again, I'm erring on the side of being conservative. I think that would be enough for me to make sure that not only I get enough points to get these international flights, but also that I can manage the minimum spend and that some of these third-party manufacturing spending techniques that I'm relying on, which we talked about a little bit, are not going to go away. And if they do, I can still somehow figure out a way to get it done. Right. And so to wrap it up, what we what I would do with you or what you should do is, you know, you have the Chase Southwest and the Chase... Uh, the personal and the business. So make sure it's at 50,000 for each one. Actually today I was told that there was a link for a 60,000 offer for the Chase Southwest business which I didn't know existed. So if you know do some searching, you might be able to find that. So for you tonight, I'd say all right, Chase Southwest personal, Chase Southwest business. Definitely because you want to get that companion pass. Lock that in those two and then decide, okay, am I going to get the American Express Starwood card? which is 5,006 months for spending, or am I going to go for the City American Airlines card? And if someone else is listening to this and they have more spending... If I wanted to put in a fourth card, I could add in the Starwood card. Yeah, and 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 if someone's listening to this, you know, this is how you should set it up. You have the two Chase ones, one person, one business. You have an Amex one. You have a City one. You know, if you wanted more options, there are Barclays cards, and there's even, uh, even the Capital One card is a good card as well. So I guess there really is kind of five major banks. Mm-hmm. And by going through this, I mean, if, if I add up the the value, I mean, with the with the two Southwest Chase cards, we're talking right now 110000 110, which gets me the Companion Pass, which is a whole other basically priceless. high value thing. Right. So that's that's definitely a go. It's a no-brainer. And the City American, I had 50,000 American points. Now we're looking at 160,000 points. If I got the Starwood and then transferred, we're looking at 185,000. So we're really getting close to almost 200,000 points just for getting these four credit cards if I go for four. Right. And, and I put- could add a fifth one in there. I need to really look at my tax bill. And, and again, this is where it becomes personal comfort. You know, you got to be personally comfortable. You got to understand where your spending is going, even though it's hard to predict in some people's situations, including mine. You know, I just I just have to be careful. But uh, worse comes to worse. You know, I I always pay my credit card bill off every month. Just to circle back to that, this isn't something you should do if if you're not able to do that. It's just just shouldn't do it. Right. I mean, and, and to put those numbers in perspective for people who aren't as familiar with freaking fire miles. 50,000 for that City American Airlines card. You can go to Europe for 40,000 round trip if it's off peak or 60,000 if it's peak in in economy. So that's, you know, at least almost one round trip ticket to Europe, maybe possibly one with some points left over. So the value there, you know, again, you're looking if you went to Norway and and you had to pay for it, you're generally looking at about a thousand bucks to Europe. Could be more during the summer, could be less during, you know, worse seasons, but let's round that out. I mean, that's the sweet part, man. That's the sweet part is keeping your eye on the vision and what you're actually working towards. Because when you actually make the purchase, the purchase, and you're paying, you know, under fifty bucks in taxes and fees or whatever for a flight overseas, then it makes all of the effort <laughs> worthwhile. Right. So before I guess we wrap this up, I appreciate the the consultation and kind of helping me strategize. I can't do a live in person consultation with everyone unless uh, you want to fly um, out to Breckenridge and put me up if you have a home that's out true. Here. That'd be cool. Well, let's actually. I, I'm not ready to wrap this up yet because one thing we talked about doing is giving a couple examples for a couple avatars. So let's really quickly say there's a couple listening to this. Or, or like somebody who is new to credit cards, like maybe a college student or somebody who hasn't had a lot of things. Can you give a couple quick recommendations? Yeah, general tips. If you're a couple and you both have good credit scores, 
always double up by both getting the credit card. So why not? The husband or, or you know person one can get the Chase Sapphire Preferred and get the sign up bonus, and person two can open one of them in their name and get the sign up bonus. So mm-hmm. there's no reason not to. I always tell husband and wife teams or couple teams. Um, to stagger them. So if you're going to help each other meet the minimum spend, maybe person one gets three cards right now, meets the minimum spend in three months. Then person two goes at that three month period, gets cards on their own. Then, you know, back to person one. So you have a longer time in between there. Person one's only opening it every six months. Mm-hmm. And that's good too, because that will help you. You're sort of hopscotching each other. Right. So that's a good way with couples. Um, same cards that we mentioned. Again, these might change. These offers might change. But the the idea is you can both, if you both have good credit scores, get the sign-up bonuses. Don't think only person one can open up a card and then I should go on their account. Open up your own account and get the sign-up bonus. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. Um, if you're a young person or you're a college student, you have low in, like a small amount of income, things like that, your options will be more limited. That does not mean that you can't do it. So I always tell people there's a really good card called the Chase Freedom Card, which I believe the spending is 1000 in three months. So it's mm-hmm. about as low a spending limit as you're going to find. Mm-hmm. And what's good is it earns you Chase points, and it also gives you... Is there a bonus? I missed yeah, it. Yeah, it jumps Small between 10000 and okay. 20000 Small 000. bonus. A good way to get started. Yeah, though. good way to get started. It, if your credit score is lower or you have smaller income, this, this you'll be able to get. And it's a good way to build a relationship with Chase because then you can, you know, after half a year or, you know, let's say you go and you graduate college, you get a job, you have more income. Then, of course, all of a sudden, Chase is looking at you and saying, oh, he did really well in his Chase Freedom or she did really well in their Chase Freedom. You know, I'm going to be more... um, I'm going to have a better chance. Like they're going to be more willing to give you a sure a better card. Sure. One other thing, and I like to tell people this too, is if I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, Pareto's principle, Pareto's law, the eighty twenty rule. If twenty percent of your efforts can be responsible for eighty percent of your results, for example, so you know you want to concentrate on the twenty percent of things that are going to net you the eighty percent of positive results that are going to get you the most things that you want done. And in terms of travel, I would even go. 90 10 with this 10% of your efforts can give you 90% of the travel that you want to have and and what where I'm getting with this is focusing on United American Airlines and if you travel domestically Southwest if you're focusing on accruing points in those accounts because of the way the airline alliances are divided up and everything there's no reason to go super deep into it but I just just to simplify it if you want an overall simple strategy I want to get your thoughts on this I mean talk about American United because they're in two separate alliances and Southwest for domestic. Right. And, and that's going to get you 90% of the, the flights you would want. Those are the points that you want. The only other things that I throw in there is Barclays and Capital One do their own version of points. And these don't transfer to anything. So if you get Barclays points or Capital One points, they are in essence used as cash. So not quite as valuable as Chase points because you can't transfer them to United or Hyatt or anything like that. But they're also really good. For example, the Barclays Arrival card and the Capital One card, both are, they give you 40,000 points if you spend 3,000 in three months. So those 40,000 points equate to $400 worth of travel. So they're really easy to use. You use your credit card and buy something travel related, and then you just go in on your statement online and hit like reimburse me for this. So mm-hmm. that's really cool because it's just it's just money in your pocket. Like it could sure. be a train ticket. It could be a bus ticket. It could be car rental. It could be a flight. It could be anything. Sure. Uh, yeah, and we should mention Chase. If you don't want to transfer points and do all that, you can actually book directly. With you can Chase's use them travel. as cash as well, just like what we just explained. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, two last questions for you. One, tracking. Uh, what's your best system? I w- I think just putting things on calendars and sending myself alerts are good ideas. Do you have any other recommendations for tracking all this? Because you don't want to lose track of which card you're you're spending and you meet the minimum spend, and then you're wasting money spending on that one because you you haven't met it in the other one. Yeah, I have a spreadsheet. It's not too complicated, but that's to keep track of all the cards I've ever gotten. So every card I've ever applied for, whether I got it, uh, downgraded it, closed it, still have it open, whatever, it's on that spreadsheet. And then when it comes to minimum spends, I always try to go one at a time. So if I just got three cards, I'll say, all right, I'm going to only spend on this card and get this one totally knocked out. And I just track that by going online and checking my balance and what I've paid off. Sometimes it can get a little confusing, so you can actually call them up. So you can call City and say, hey, I'm a little confused. I paid this off, and now I have this balance. I'm going to pay this off. How much have I spent total? And they'll tell you, 
you've spent this and, and the points are going to be in your account. So I always just try to do it one by one so that I'm not getting confused. Okay. And how long does it take for the bonus to arrive? Usually the bonus will take anywhere. Once you make the spend, so let's say it's a, it's a $3,000 spend in three months and you get your card and for whatever reason you have a huge purchase and you spend 3000 today, like you have to pay your taxes. You spend 3000 a day. Then you have to wait for your statement to close. Okay, and then End of the can, month, and then you can pay it off, or you can pay it off ahead of time. But usually, it won't help you. It's when your statement closes and they see you've paid it off. Then they tell you it could take six to eight weeks to get the points. All told, from when you hit the spend, it could be, it, it could be eight weeks until you get the points. Usually, it's much quicker than that. Okay, but to cover their butt, you know, they say six to eight weeks. You could expect once you hit the spend to get the points in a couple weeks, probably. But don't bank on it because then, you know, don't say, "Oh, I need them for this trip." safe to say you it could take two months there's a saying and it goes like this when the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago the second best time is today i feel like it's the same with travel (laughs) hacking i i always feel like i wish i gotten started earlier before i was 28 but i'm glad i got started four years ago and if you guys are just starting or you've already started yeah just just go for it and and let us help you and let us know if you have any questions because it opens up a whole world that I never could have experienced had I not had these miles and points. I would I would do one fifth of the travel that I do if I didn't have them because I wouldn't be able to afford it. Yeah, we're uh, we're budget travelers by nature, and hey, if you can get a free flight and you're in the position to do it, and this is a strategy you can utilize to open up even more destinations you can visit. We all know it's one of the most expensive things about traveling is the flying and the getting there. And then once you get on the ground, it can be pretty cheap, but you have to go to certain places and that's a whole other episode. So man, this was really fun. The there you app, have it. The, the art of the Apparama. See, right? I, I do got to circle back. What, where did you get the Apparama name? Obviously the credit card applications, the Orama, just uh, you went to too many roller skating rinks as a kid or I, what? feel like I pulled it from someone else. It was a while ago. I remember when I first started writing about it, I was one of the first people to call it that, but I think I saw it somewhere else. I don't know Mm. if I can take credit for the term itself. I believe I saw it somewhere else. I'm not sure where, but that term was just coming into fruition when I started writing about it. So I'd love to give credit to whoever came up with it. Uh I don't know who. Give Um, us a shout if it's you. And speaking of apps, I think we're going to be hitting some appetizers this evening. It's time for happy hour. Let's, After all this potting, it's time for happy hours. Let's so, do that. So there you guys have it. Um, if you want to check out the show notes, we did mention some specific articles that we wrote or that, and then some on my blog and then some on Jay's about meeting minimum spends, about how to get business credit cards, things like that, that we couldn't really get too in depth in here. Check those posts out. Um, I'll link them in my show notes. I know you'll do that too as well, right, Chase? Yep, absolutely. ZeroToTravel.com and for Travis, ExtraBackPenis.com. Slash pods is usually where you can get the show notes. Slash shows for me. All right. Yeah, there we go. I I think we're going to keep doing some recording. You might be hearing some more episodes from us. Quite possibly. We have this nice Breckenridge house, so we can't waste it by not recording. Right. If you're a Zero to Traveler listener normally and you're listening to it at Zero to Travel, thank you for letting me into your day. Yeah. Maybe you can uh, come over and listen to a few of our episodes. You should do that. I highly recommend it. And I would also say the same to the Extra Pack of Peanuts posse, the EPOP crowd. I know you're listening faithfully and you you guys are awesome. If you uh, want more travel podcasts, because I don't put out podcast gluttony five days a week anymore, (laughs) go over to Jace, listen to Zero to Travel, supplement that with EPOP. You'll have enough podcasts, I think. You'll be swimming in podcasts all about travel. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for all the support. We were just comparing download numbers today, and we're neck and neck. We always seem to be right near each other on iTunes, right at the top there. So thank you. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm dragging this on, but one more thing I should mention because we're we're opening the doors to location indie again, and we love to take the conversation off the podcast offline. Actually. If you want to join a community, if you're somebody that is traveling around the world or you want to run a business and travel from anywhere, you want more travel tips like what we talked about today, you want to dive deep with travel, budget travel, anything like that, or online business, digital nomad business, having a lifestyle you can run and work from anywhere so you can travel the world on your terms, check out locationindie.com because we don't always open the doors and let in new community members. 
I, I we almost forgot to mention this, but so we are excited about travel hacking. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's not something we do often because we're keeping the community really tight and when we're really enjoying, you know, getting to know everybody on a personal level and and helping all helping each other kick button in business and travel. Yeah, community that we run together that we started because we like to hang out with each other and meeting like-minded folk. And we have a decent amount of people in there now who are really doing some amazing products, yeah. publishing Kindle books, starting their websites. Some people already have websites, so they're like launching products, all types of crazy I, I've stuff. I've been seeing these websites. I'm like, man, I got to get these guys to make my website Better than our website. <laughs> so locationindie.com. Check it out. If you're listening to this in the future and the doors aren't open, drop your email in there and you'll get an email about when we open them yeah, up. Yeah, along with a bunch of other stuff we're giving out. That's so. right. Lots of cool stuff. All right, guys. Thank you so much for the support. I don't know how you usually sign off. I always say happy free travels. Happy free travels That's is great. That's apropos for today. I, I always I always sign off. I say, uh, you know, take a chance today. Smile. Have a wonderful day and, and take a risk. If, something, if there's something you've been thinking about doing, you've been putting it off. You know, make today the day you do it. If not now, then when? Take a risk and happy Happy free free travels. travels.